Chapter six of a short account of the history of mathematics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripps.mit.edu forward slash pkj. A short account of the history of mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter six The Byzantine School six forty one to fourteen fifty three. It will be convenient to consider the Byzantine school in connection with the history of Greek mathematics. After the capture of Alexandria by the Mohammedans, the majority of the philosophers who previously had been teaching there migrated to Constantinople, which then became the center of Greek learning in the East, and remained so for 800 years. But though the history of the Byzantine school stretches over so many years, a period about as long as that from the Norman conquest to the present day, it is utterly barren of scientific interest, and its chief merit is that it preserved for us the works of the different Greek schools. The revelation of these works to the West in the 15th century was one of the most important sources of the stream of modern European thought, and the history of the Byzantine school may be summed up by saying that it played the part of a conduit pipe in conveying to us the results of an earlier and brighter age. The time was one of constant war, and men's minds during the short intervals of peace were mainly occupied with the theological subtleties and pedantic scholarship. I should not have mentioned any of the following writers had they lived in the Alexandrian period, but in default of any others may be noticed as illustrating the character of the school. I ought also perhaps to call the attention of the reader explicitly to the fact that I am here departing from chronological order, and that the mathematicians mentioned in this chapter were contemporaries of those discussed in the chapters devoted to the mathematics of the Middle Ages. The Byzantine school was so isolated that I deem this is the best arrangement of the subject. Hero one of the earliest members of the Byzantine school was Hero of Constantinople, circa 900, sometimes called the Younger, to distinguish him from Hero of Alexandria. There is some difficulty in separating the works of these two writers. Hero would seem to have written on geodesy and mechanics as applied to the engines of war. During the 10th century two emperors leo the sixth and constantine the seventh shewed considerable interest in astronomy and mathematics but the stimulus thus given to the study of these subjects was only temporary Celis. in the eleventh century michael Celis, born in ten twenty wrote a pamphlet on the quadrivium it is now in the National Library at Paris. It was printed at Bali in 1556. He also wrote Compendium Mathematicum, which was printed at Leiden in 1647. In the 14th century, we find the names of three monks who paid attention to mathematics. Planudes. The first of three was Maximus Planudes. He wrote a commentary on the first two books on the arithmetic of Diophantus, and this was published by Zeilander, Bale, 1575. 
a work on Hindu arithmetic in which he introduced the use of the Arabic numerals into the Eastern Empire. This was published by C. J. Gerhardt, Hall, 1865, and another on proportions which is now in the National Library at Paris. Barlam. The next was a Calabrian monk named Barlam, who was born in 1290 and died in 1348. He was the author of a work on the Greek methods of calculation, from which we derive a good deal of our information as to the way in which the Greeks practically treated fractions. This was published in Paris in 1606. Barlam seems to have been a man of great intelligence. He was sent as an ambassador to the Pope at Avignon, and acquitted himself credibly of a difficult mission, where there he taught Greek to Petrarch. He was famous at Constantinople for the ridicule he threw on the preposterous pretensions of the monks at Mount Athos, who taught that those who joined them who could, by standing naked, resting their beards on their breasts, and steadily regarding their stomachs, see a mystic light which was the essence of God. Barlam advised that, to substitute the light of reason for that of their stomachs, a piece of advice which nearly cost him of his life. Argyrus. The last of these monks was Isaac Argyrus, who died in 1372. He wrote three astronomical tracts, the manuscripts of which are in the libraries at the Vatican, Leiden, and Vienna. One on geodesy, the manuscript of which is at the Escurial. One on geometry, the manuscript of which is in the National Library at Paris one on the arithmetic of Nicomachus, the manuscript of which is in the National Library at Paris, and one on trigonometry, the manuscript of which is at the Bodleian at Oxford. Nicholas Rabdas. In the 14th or perhaps the 15th century, Nicholas Rabdas of Smyrna wrote two papers on arithmetic which are now in the National Library at Paris and have been edited by P. Tannery, Paris, 1886. He gave an account of the finger symbolism, see above, which the Romans had introduced into the East and was then current there. This is described by Bede, and therefore would seem to have been known as far west as Britain. Jerome also alludes to it. Pachymeres. Early in the 15th century, Pachymeres wrote tracts on arithmetic, geometry, and four mechanical machines. Moscopulus. A few years later, Emmanuel Moscopulus, who died in Italy circa 1460, wrote a treatise on magic squares. A magic square consists of a number of integers arranged in the form of a square so that the sum of the numbers in every row, in every column, and in each diagonal are the same. If the integers be the consecutive numbers from 1 to n squared, then the square is said to be of the nth order and it is easily seen that in this case the sum of the numbers of any row, any column, or diagonal is equal to half n multiplied by the quantity n squared plus 1. Thus the first 16 integers arranged in either of the forms shown here form a magic square of the fourth order, the sum of the numbers in every row, every column, and in each diagonal being 34. The first square, a 4 by 4 magic square, and I will recite the numbers by row. 1, 15, 14, 4. 12, 6, 7, 9. 
8, 10, 11, 5, 13, 3, 2, and 16. The next magic square, 15, 10, 3, 6, 4, 5, 16, 9, 14, 11, 2, 7, and 1, 8, 13, 12. In the mystical philosophy then current, certain metaphysical ideas were often associated with particular numbers, and thus it was natural that such arrangements of numbers should attract attention and be deemed to possess magical properties. The theory of the formation of magic squares is elegant, and several distinguished mathematicians have written on it, but I need hardly to say it is not useful. It is largely due to Delahir, who gave rules for the construction of a magic square of any order higher than the second. Moscopulus seems to have been the earliest European writer who attempted to deal with the mathematical theory, but his rules apply only to odd squares. The astrologers of the 15th and 16th centuries were much impressed by such arrangements, in particular the famous Cornelius Agrippa, 1486 to 1535, constructed magic squares of order 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, which were associated respectively with the seven astrological planets, namely Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, the Sun, Venus, Mercury, and the Moon. He taught that a square of one cell in which unity was inserted represented the unity and eternity of God, while the fact that a square of the second order could not be constructed illustrated the imperfection of the four elements air, earth, fire, and water, and later writers added that it was symbolic of original sin. A magic square engraved on a silver plate was often prescribed as a charm against the plague, and one namely the first magic square whose numbers i just previously listed is drawn in the picture of melancholy painted about the year fifteen hundred by elbrecht durer such charms are worn still in the east constantinople was captured by the turks in fourteen fifty three and the last semblance of a greek school of mathematics then disappeared numerous greeks took refuge in italy in the west the memory of greek science had vanished and even the names of all but a few greek writers were unknown and thus the books brought by these refugees came as a revelation to europe and as we shall see later gave an immense stimulus to the study of science end of chapter six read by paul king pjk.scripts.mit.edu